It is the largest sports contract in history. Bo Nix won that game, and they somehow made the college world playoff. You have to give it to him. And his rating was a 208. That was higher than Joe Burrow's the year that he won. He didn't even lateral. He didn't even lateral a ball. He's got the profile. He's six, six. And Whoa. he's got long hair. You know? His hair is 18 inches. Exactly. This was the lowest scoring NFL game in 16 years, though. Yep. Lowest of all time ever indoors. We need to sit Dak Prescott. They're never going to be good. He should be the MVP. You can't have it both ways. You won the Super Bowl because of a ticky-tacky call at the end of a game. I think Jalen Hurts' knee injury is playing a much bigger factor than anyone says. Tommy Danny DeVito Cutlets, agent, is a character straight out of a movie. Episode 50, we're finally out of the 40s. Are you just so thankful right now? I am grateful and humble at the same time. First off, I want to thank my friends, my family, everyone who supported me through all <laughs> 10 of these through episodes. This journey. We made it through. What a time, man. We got, a lot to, we got a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. Thanks for getting a little crazy in the NFL. We have a Heisman winner in college. We got we a the largest by far. sports contract. By far. By far. Obviously, Shohei Otani joins the Dodgers. So it is the largest sports contract in history, passing Messi's 673 when he joined FC Barcelona. So it is. So you're you're doing international sports. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Anything, any sports worldwide, it's the largest by 27 million. But if you look at MLB, the next largest was his former teammate, Trout, at 426.5 million. Yeah, so he's $374 million, almost double, more. Because Judge was 360, and then fourth place was 350. So literally exactly half of his. $700 million. That's how, a lot how of dollars. How are the Dodgers going to afford this in 10 years? Because they're not going to pay for it for 10 years. Great point there. Because what's interesting about it is the way that they're able to afford it now is he's deferring $68 million out of his annual $70 million yeah. until afterwards. So like as a total, $68 a year, $680 total out of his $700 million that won't be paid out until 2034 mm-hmm. to 2043. So. I- and, and there's no opt-outs, no option years. What are they going to do? Like, I guess they're just saying, hey, we better win now, right? Like, hey, because, dude, they're going to have a $68 million a year salary of someone who's probably not even going to be on the team at that point. Right, which is, that's going to be wild. So they have to be thinking we're winning now. I was thinking that. There's also the piece of maybe they're hoping the salary cap changes. Well, it's 10 years. So it's 10 years. It's a long time. It's going to essentially free up more. But the big thing is the market that he brings. So winning now, but if you look at the international market, especially like Japan, West Coast, that he brought for the Angels, and then the Dodgers are already way bigger of a market than the Angels. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not just handing $700 to win a championship. Like, they're going to make the $700 which is, I mean, it's crazy. You know what's crazy about this? What? Ticket sales, first of all. Like the resale. Mm-hmm. On uh, for the opening day to get in the door right now in Dodger Stadium today, yeah. almost a thousand dollars to get in the door. Like that's you don't have a seat. You don't have a seat. 
Are we talking about one of every 17 NFL games? No. One of 162 regular season baseball Correct. games. Correct. And even then, like, you can always get an NFL stadium for, like, a couple hundred bucks. Like, just to get it. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, you might have an awful seat, but, like, they're, they're saying standing room only to be in the ballpark. It's almost $1,000. And it's not the first time that Shohei's been in L.A. playing no, baseball. You that's know? what I'm saying. He's not so, pitching this year dude, either. It's going to be a monumental day Which, for sure. That's he's an interesting one. So he's not pitching at all in 2024. So part of the contract, people are arguing that you're you're getting two elite players. Correct. Which, that is true. You're getting one of the top DHs, one of the top pitchers. Yeah. Maybe the top DH, one of the top pitchers. From a Braves fan, I absolutely hate that now Mookie... Freddie and Shohei are on their team together. Yeah. I was looking at like their war stats. Dude, that's uh, disgusting. I think it was like second, th third, and fifth. You know what's crazy? I can guarantee this. Put me on air right now saying this. They will not win a World Series this upcoming year. <laughs> I agree. There's no way. I don't know. I just, whenever teams do this, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> they'll win one with them for sure. But like, so does that mean you're not a Dodgers fan? No. Yes, let's go. I was worried about that. <laughs> I was like, I can't handle a Philly and Dodger Christian. No, the only reason I'm an Eagles, I have a legit reason to be an Eagles fan. But the uh, Otani, I mean, he did win three straight MVPs. Yeah. Three straight. I, I mean, he's not, that's what I'm saying. It's like you've got three MVP players, essentially, in Mookie, Freddie, and Shohei. They're like, war this past season was second, third, and fifth. In the league, mm -hmm. that's just ridiculous. Also, actually, from, he won two. He won twenty-one two, yeah. and twenty-three. He was runner up, I think, in twenty-two. Yes, because Aaron Judge won it. That's right. That's right. Because that was when he set the the record. Yeah. So he is deferring sixty-eight million. He's making two million from his contract. This past year, though, he was making forty million in endorsements. Mm -hmm. That's just probably only going to go up. Correct. So the boy is set up. Making let's just estimate fifty million endorsements, two million. Then when he retires, he's getting a sixty-eight million dollar. Obviously, so there's no interest, no anything with and that's that. That's all guaranteed. It's all yeah. Any yeah. baseball contract is guaranteed. Yeah. So and that's all guaranteed money. So I mean, when he retires, he's getting six hundred eighty million dollars from the span of twenty thirty-four to twenty forty-three. I mean, kind of nice. good for Otani too, like. It makes sense in his shoes because he's making so much money anyway off endorsements. Like he doesn't need a salary right, right now, but he knows that hey, in ten years, you know, or fifteen years, whenever he he hangs it up officially, like you know, everything's gonna be gone. Most of the endorsements are gonna be gone. Like a lot of things are gonna be gone. It's also the fact that he can still get that top number, the seven hundred million, and play for a contender. Yeah. By deferring it, knowing that he's yep. still gonna be making bang now. I mean, if you're making forty-two million dollars a year. This you're, such, you're doing fine. Such a good move by the Dodgers. Yeah. When I saw that, I, my first thought was like, how can they afford that? Correct. And then obviously oh, when you read that 680 they're paying is the first. a rookie contract yeah. until 2034. That's crazy though. Yeah, I know. So obviously. It'll be interesting to see the doubt. Like, dude, yes, it's going to adjust some, but like for them to pay out $68 million. They still need some help rotation wise. No, they do. But they, they still have the money. Like Right, right. That's what. That's what's crazy about this. I was thinking they got Shohei. They're getting a pitcher, obviously, yep. with him, but they're not getting that in 2024. They're not. And, dude, the, what would make me mm -hmm. so nervous, and obviously it's bigger than just, like, wins and losses. You're talking mm -hmm. about ticket sales, endorsements, like, TV deals. Like, you're talking about a lot more than just, like, wins and losses. Right. But, like, he tours UCL. 
yeah. which is a major injury for a pitcher. We're not talking about like, oh, he sprained his wrist. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I mean, Brock Purdy though came back nice. He did, so. but Brock Purdy also a whole year doesn't off. throw a ninety-eight mile an well, hour. Well, I'm fastball. saying like giving it a whole year to recover, which is probably the right thing to do. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, to be honest, smart by his because he can still play. Easy, dude. But it's like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Where it's like you get two players in one. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sure, I, I can I can understand that logic, but the logic I think is partly false. Because, dude, there's a chance it comes back oh, to yeah. UCL tear, and it's not nearly the same pitcher he was. Yeah. He's amazing, yes, but injury, obviously, is where that two players theory breaks down. Yep. But then following-wise, it's still one player, so you're getting... Yeah, no, really. And people I mean, get... And plus, like, I mean, the Dodgers, good for them. They're going to make a lot more... I mean, they're already a big market team, and they're going to make yeah. a lot more in, in uh, different, obviously, revenues. So, so it really doesn't surprise me at all. I think... Myself, no, this made you, a, lot of, a lot of people were thinking yeah. that he was probably going to stay in LA. Unfortunately, probably go to the Dodgers. It makes I, sense. Like I knew he was going to go to some big market team, whether it's the Dodgers, mm-hmm. whether it's the Yankees. You know, I knew he was going to go somewhere with like obviously because salary caps in MLB or sauce. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they heard suggestions. Who knows? Because I think they still, as of right now, are going to have to pay forty three million in um, tax this year. Mm-hmm. Are then, they? Yeah, I think so. I think I read that somewhere. But and tax, a little well, salary, luxury tax, dude. They're just playing with money, like <laughs> dude, dude. It's fake money. It's, it, it is. It's all fake money. Like, I, for us, I would love like, a little bit oh, of fake we're, money. We're paying, you know, for us, it's like we're paying four hundred bucks in taxes, and for them, it's like we're paying four million or forty million in taxes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. Next up, Jane Daniels win the Heisman, which you know that's what I was pulling for. Yeah, he had to win it, right? What were your thoughts initially when you saw that? Finalists were Jaden Daniels, obviously LSU quarterback, Marvin Harrison Jr., which I love when I see wide receivers in there. Like with Devontae Smith, that was fun, obviously, when he won that. Uh, but yeah. I, just, I, I like it. It's Marvin always Harrison running back and quarterback, too, and so I yeah. love when receivers make it in. Then Bo Nix at Oregon and Michael Penix at Washington. So those were the four. So my opinion was if Bo Nix won that game and they mm-hmm. somehow made the college world playoff, you have to give it to him. You know, like, yeah. if, I, I mean, because his stats were very comparable. Well, so that's what's interesting. If you break down, we're obviously we're not going to break in um, or break down Marvin Harrison's in this because we're talking about quarterbacks for this part of it. He, I mean, he was nasty 67 receptions, 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, 14 receiving, one yeah. rushing. But of the three quarterbacks, if you look at just passing wise, Bo yep. Nix is the clear winner. He had clear. 77.2% completion percentage. He had over 4,000 yards passing and only three picks compared On 40 to 40. touchdowns, which Jaden Daniels also had 40 touchdowns. Yeah. But you also, the the con, the knock against him, well, there's two. One is obviously the LSU had three losses. Mm-hmm. And two, I think they were one and four against top 25 teams. But yep. then number two was that he had that massive game against, what was it, Georgia State? Uh, yeah. When he had like eight touchdowns. And so obviously the stats were a little bit padded there. Yeah. But if you s- still compare these, Bo Nix had the best uh, completion percentage, yep. then Jane Daniels, then Penix. And then yards, Penix was the leader by less than 100. It was mm-hmm. like um, 75 ish. Like yeah. Going from Penix to Nix. And then Jane Daniels was at 3,800. Uh, 40 touchdowns. Obviously, Jane Daniels and Bo Nix are tied 33 with Penix. But then he also had nine interceptions, and he had a 65, this is Penix, nine interceptions and a 65% completion percentage. And then if you look at their rating, this is what was also unreal, is obviously based off of pass attempts, Jaden Daniels had by far the least amount, and his rating was a 208. That was higher than Joe Burrows the year that he won it. 
And then, I mean, Bone, they're all crazy. Bonex was 186.2 and then Penix was 161.4. But the argument for Penix was that they were undefeated and went to Correct. the play or going to the playoffs. Yeah. He also had minus 18 rushing yards compared to Jaden Daniels, 1134. Like it was a conversation when we're just talking about passing. Right. And but then you look at Daniels rushing as 1100 well. rushing yards. He averaged touchdowns. 100, almost 100 rushing yards a game. The quarterback did. Yeah, he was averaging, again, yes, there's a couple buffer games in there, but 412, I think, yards a game. Dude, like, some of these quarterbacks literally put up video game numbers. I mean, in total, he has 50 TDs and four picks. Like, And almost 5,000 total yards. (laughs) Like, dude, you're putting up video game. No, but I I, I don't know, man. I do think if Bo Nix, especially if they're undefeated. Yeah. For sure. But even if they're one loss and they beat Washington in the... And, and so they lose to them and they beat them when it matters more. Correct. And they somehow make the college football. I do agree and with And he has a statement game. Like if he had a statement game against uh-huh. Washington, I think he wins. The other pieces of the conversation though, LSU's defense was terrible. Yeah. And if they also look- were like, what you said one and three or one and four against top... Yeah, well, so if you look at um, FSU and Alabama, obviously, (laughs) we just had that conversation. Two borderline, one in, one out playoff teams. Yeah, top five teams. Top five teams. It was a similar game both times. It was like 40-something to mid-20s for LSU. Like Those are both pretty good defenses, especially FSU. And so he's still putting up mid-20 points, and they're just giving up 40. Yes. Yeah, and so you can. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, not, it's not what you can do. It's hard because I don't love it when it's always just the best record. It's like the best player on the best record. Yep. But I don't know. There's like other things you always have to factor in, and records one of them. Yeah. But like, so, I mean, to be fair, in my opinion, it was kind of like a race between two, right? Like it was a race between Daniels and Nix. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you, Penix, you wouldn't put Penix in there, dude. You, yes, they're undefeated, and yes, that plays a, a factor for sure. But like. In comparison, like, look, if you combine his TDs, he has 14 less touchdowns. Like, we're not talking about, like, you know, three or four, but, like, 14 less touchdowns, you know? So it's – and he also has five more interceptions. So – but they are undefeated. But like you said, it kind of goes back to, like, both sides of the ball. Like, Washington has a great defense, and, and, you know, obviously Penix led the offense. I mean, don't get wrong, uh, all three quarterbacks are – outstanding quarterbacks but, and then marvin i i mean i think marvin uh, dude, Harrison, if he goes this year animal. should be i i would take him number one yeah it's uh, you kind of feel like he's a top five pick yeah right you gotta but i just so. i'm gonna go on record I'll, i'm sure i'm gonna talk about this later i'm not high on caleb williams dude I'm not I, don't, high. I don't think he's gonna be that good I, i'm not on any quarterback ever again i'm <laughs> just like i'm so sick dude especially with like the carolina panthers experience so far now, Bryce Young turns around and their organization turns around. That's a whole other conversation. But I don't know. I mean, I really thought it was kind of a, a Daniels Knicks race. And then if Knicks would have somehow had a say, he threw for 400 yards and four TDs against Washington and they mm-hmm. won the game, like, yeah, I think you almost had. I, it I do get that since they didn't win, though. Like, yeah. if I'm looking at it post conference championships, yeah, to me, it was a Daniels Penix race because. I think that you've got to give Daniels the edge over Bo Nix in terms of just stats. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think what he did in terms of total stats was ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just 
unreal. He only had four more TDs, though. That's what's crazy. Is, is Bo Nix had 46 touchdowns and three picks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. It's just insane. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about 43 or 40, 46 total touchdowns, three picks versus 50 total touchdowns, four picks. Um, and in terms of total yards, he does have like Bo Nix is at six hundred like, more yards. Yeah, and again, yes, yeah, some does. of those came in the Georgia State game, but Oregon's schedule wasn't exactly that taxing. It's I understand like that people Drake are, song. People are talking about the Pac-12 being deep. I I don't buy it. Anyway, Penix no, though no, two two really good teams. Yeah, but yeah. that's not that deep. Like Southern Cal, how many times do we keep looking at them all years? Like they're not a top ten team. Stop acting like they are. There, there's only one thing. When you keep saying Georgia straight, there's only one thing I can think of. What? It's that Drake song. It's like, all my exes live in Texas like I'm George Strait. Or they go to Georgia State where, and I can't repeat the next sentence, but Bleep. that's what he says. Or they go to Georgia State where Twitch is handled by some random... Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I was not thinking about that. I was actually just thinking about football, but that makes sense. That was with Little Wayne. But, yeah. Anyway, Penix for me, though, his stats were worse, but his biggest argument that Jaden Daniels couldn't bring to the table was that he was undefeated, won a conference championship, going to the playoffs. Right. And both of them had a little bit of the need to carry their team. Yeah, I think I think if it was closer, you're like, you know, like if if Daniels is up five touchdowns and a few hundred yards, like I think you're in for a really good conversation, but it's just not like, you know, I mean, we're talking 14 more touchdowns. We're talking 500 or 700 more yards, like better completion percentages, five less picks. Like, you know, it's just, anyway, I, yeah, I can I agree. Except, I mean, it's no Joe Burrow, but it's, <laughs> I hate to say this to like wrap up the Heisman conversation on kind of a damper note. <laughs> Dude, all the Heisman QBs, not all, but a lot of them just go to the NFL and they just like, they can't do much. Like Johnny Manziel. Well, Tim I mean, I think Tebow. That was solely his fault. But Baker no, Mayfield. It's because there's a college quarterback and an NFL quarterback are very different so positions. Different. And to, to the point we keep arguing, we keep thinking because someone has a great college career. I think that's why they're, you can justify picking them number one. Marcus because Mariota. you're like, but you know what I mean? It's like, okay, if I'm going to spend like a number one pick on, let's say, Penix right now. Yep. I have the college resume to go off of. It's impossible yep. to predict, uh, predict one, but it makes sense. Same with Caleb Williams. However, if I pass up on Caleb Williams and say, like, I go Spencer Rattler, maybe I'm like, I think that he has a better making of an NFL quarterback. I could be right, but if you're wrong, that's just awful. You know what I mean? Like, you don't really, yeah. it's easy to stand on college, and, even if it's not a good indicator. I mean, and there have been a couple good, I mean, Kyler Murray, Lamar I, Jackson, Lamar, I mean, Lamar Jackson too, and then Joe Burrow. Like, there have been yeah. some good, you know, Cam Newton turned out to be pretty good for a couple of years, and, you know. That's I just fair. hate quarterbacks. But. Well, that's a perfect segue. Let's just jump into one of the best quarterbacks on the bench now. <laughs> Get him out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> anyway, Thursday night game. Get him out of here. Obviously, in the picks, I went with the under because the Patriots, in their last three games, there had only been 39 total points and the over hit in the first half. Yeah. Bailey Zappi was the first Patriots quarterback to throw three touchdown passes and a half since Tom Brady. So... New England right now, and who knows what Bill Belichick's going to end up doing. Maybe he stays, right. maybe he retires, maybe he goes to the Panthers. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but New England is primed for QB to actually come in now because no one's going to follow Brady, right? 
it's like the Jordan Love conversation. Like yeah. Jordan Love followed mm-hmm. Rodgers, and Jordan Love's not a bad QB, but like anyone comparative to Jordan or to Aaron Rodgers, especially the first few years, is going to be, you know, not looked upon favorably. So I think New England right now is primed for a quarterback. I also think from Bill Belichick, let's say that he stays or or whatever happens, it's different when you've got Tom Brady for 15, 20, yeah. I can't remember how many years he was there. Years. 48 years. Crazy, yeah. And that's a completely different coaching because the last 10 years, he's your offensive coordinator, essentially. He's... yeah. Basically, you know what I mean? Like it takes a, it, it's very different coaching them than Mac Jones. Let's say that it would have panned 100%. out the same or when Cam Newton came in, they're different players, Tom Brady and Cam Newton. And so I think that that's just hard to adjust. It is. You're, I mean, you're exactly right. It's very hard to come from, especially that level of greatness. Yeah. Because like, you know, like imagine being a coach and you're just like, you have to worry about the defense, worried that everyone's in the right positions. The game plan's good. But then, like, you have people who can, like, execute it better than you even can imagine. Right. Like, say you've got Peyton Manning, and he's at yeah. the line, and he's doing oh, 35 wow. checkdowns, and then he gets the ball out in a half a second. That's different, even if you have a same skill level, maybe, from a new quarterback coming in. Whereas your comparison of the Packers, it is similar, but it also different of, like, they had Brett Favre that trained Aaron Rodgers, and he was there in a, a couple years under him, and then now Jordan Love was able to sit under Aaron Rodgers and get mentored. And and they're all different. I'm not saying they're one to another, but there's like this clear linear progression that goes through. And again, it's not that clear. That's oversimplified. But there wasn't that for the Patriots. And so I think that makes it very, very hard when you have someone that just ran it for a long time. It does. It also kind of puts it back in perspective. Like, hey, you need a complete football team to win the NFL. Yeah. Right, like, shocker! Like, you thought? can't just have a great quarterback and and Gronkowski, and then you can just like figure the rest out. I love it. It goes both ways. It's like that's the argument against Brock Purdy is that he's got like aliens around him. Yeah, but it's like, well, yeah, that's why they're a good team. And then you get like someone just maybe Bryce Young. Maybe he could be really good. Yeah, but he's not surrounded by anyone, and he's not transforming the team. It's like, yeah, he's a college kid that just came in, and he can't transform a team. Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, well, you got to think even Tom Brady didn't transform the team. Right. The Patriots were good with Drew Bledsoe. Right. So. It's just, but but to our argument about college, you can come in in college and you get a Cam Newton that knows how to make plays and he goes to Auburn and he's the only person on that offense, essentially. And yeah. you can win a national championship. That just doesn't work in the NFL. No, it doesn't. Um, no, it really doesn't. Other interesting things though, about this game, this was the Patriots' second highest score of the season. And they didn't even score in the second half. 21. 21 is the second highest. The 29 was their highest against the Bills. Yeah. Bills uh, are like weird what, week seven or something. Too, yeah. Well, especially at the point when they played them. Yeah. Bailey Zappi, though, final stat line was 19 of 28, 240 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Yeah. And everything came in the first half mostly, but yeah. Pretty solid. Pretty Bailey's solid. Almost came pretty back. Solid. Didn't do it, though. Pretty freaking solid. Next up, NFC South. I don't like talking about the NFC South. Dude, I, I I hate the NFC South. <laughs> it's awful. It's miserable. It is. It's absolutely miserable. I mean, like, yeah, the Buccaneers beat the Falcons. Yay. Yay. Right. Yeah, so Bucks. What are they, both six and seven 29, now? Falcons 25. Yeah, everything's just all locked up now in the NFC South. Are I all think three the Bucks, of them six and seven? I think the Bucks control their own destiny now at this point. Think? They're all six and seven. Yeah, they're all six and seven. And then the Panthers, who are along with the Patriots, the only two eliminated teams, I think, as of right now. <laughs> anyway, Baker played pretty good. Yeah, 
actually he just played okay. He had like 144 yards, two touchdowns. Desmond Renner actually had some yards this time. Because you remember last week the Falcons won with like 200 something total yards. That's crazy. This week Desmond Ritter had 347 passing yards. Um, Rashad White had 102 yards. Drake London, I think, I mean, player of the game's got to go to him. He had 10 receptions, 172 yards, averaging 17.2 yards a Drake catch. Drake London's also a beast too, yeah. So Bucks won, even though the Falcons had 144 more yards of offense. I mean, dude, the Baker Mayfield drives him down, scores TD. He had a little Baker magic Yeah, crazy. In it. Who would have thought it's about score, not yards? Dude, Baker Mayfield has that magic sometimes. That's, that's why we still hold on to him a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Next one. This was on your slip last week. Bears 28, Lions 13. What? Like, I actually ended up personally betting on the Lions. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, because I was like, you know what? The Bears are actually a decent team now. They're, I mean, I'm not saying they're a good team, but they're like a decent team. Defense has been playing well. Yeah. Justin Fields, in this game, he had 281 total good, yards, man. two total yes. TDs. Not terrible. And Lions are just... What's going on? So, other are off again, two picks. Yeah. Turning the ball over, that's always bad. And their defense is just bad. It's not good. It's dude. not good. It's not good. Like, dude, if yeah. you allow the Bears to score 28, like, don't go wrong. The Bears are not bad. They're not the Panthers. But yeah. they're also not, like, a league-leading offense. So, like, if you allow the Bears to, to score 28 points, like, and it— Right. And we've been saying that the, the Lions have to win because of their offense. And so, obviously, if you're scoring 13 points— that works against the Jets or or the Raiders or the Vikings. Now we kind of talked about this early, like early on in the season when they were like six and one or mm-hmm. something. Like, if golf plays like a top five QB, yeah, the Lions are going to be very tough to beat, even with not a great defense. They have a lot of good pieces. Both of their running backs are animals, right? And like uh, St. Brown's an animal yeah. too. Like they have a lot of good pieces. I think their line's pretty good. But like if golf just turns the ball over two, three times a game and like, first of all, your defense is not good anyway. Right. But I mean, you still have like Aiden Hutchinson, like they can do. do some things. Yeah. Where, where I am right now with the lions is they're not like I'm low on them at the moment. Yep. I think they're a team though that can turn around and make a run. Like the pieces are there, obviously. Yep. There's just something that feels off right now. Again, they can fix it. We talked about the bills beginning this year. It's the reason that we've been both ranking them fairly high, even though they're just now seven and six. Yep. Because when they're clicking, it's dangerous. I feel the same way about the Lions, but there's just something about them that gives me a anxiety. Anxiety, <laughs> a hesitancy. What I will say, I think I said this two weeks ago, the Lions will win that division, the NFC North. Probably, And then they yeah. will lose that first playoff game. You did. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just very confident Goff is going to throw for 160 yards and two picks, and they're going to lose you know, 21-16 or 21-15 or whatever, and then that's it. I mean, it just seems like something's going to go wrong. Or he'll play well, but the defense will give up 80 to the Lions. <laughs> or to, not to the Lions, they're the Lions to the Bears. About, yeah, I agree. Um, interesting thing about this game, no team or both teams didn't score in one quarter together. So the first quarter, the Bears scored 10, Lions scored nothing. Second quarter, Lions scored 13, Bears scored nothing. Third quarter... Bears scored nine, Lions scored nothing. In the fourth quarter, Bears scored nine, Lions scored nothing. Yeah. But also, three shutout quarters against the Bears. Good defense. Good defense. But the Lions are supposed to be an elite offense, and they weren't. Dude. Also, there were two failed PATs and one failed two-point conversion, which is lame. <laughs> we hate to see that. We hate, hate to, to see freaking it. see that. Next up, Bengals-Colts. Bengals won 34 
to 14. The Colts have been looking pretty good lately. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor was out. Better. Jake Browning. Also, your guy Joe Burrow gave up his box for uh, Jake Browning's friends and family. I saw dude, that he's afterwards. He's like, yeah, it was really cool. I was like, those things are expensive. I can't afford that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Joe Burrow's the man. Also, he's just chilling this year. Awesome. Yeah, which sucks. But Jake Brown has played very well. Dude, it's his in. second straight game with over 275 passing yards. Against the Colts and the Jags, not bad teams. Dude, no, we're not, not talking about the Lions. <laughs> but no, not bad teams at all, man. Um, his, this is a blowout, though. Yeah, his stat line was 18 of 24, 275 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Minshew, honestly, wasn't terrible either. It was 26 for 39 for 240 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Yeah. Uh, played okay. I feel like you noticed the miss of Jonathan Taylor here. Like, yes. I think he's starting to be a little bit of a spark for them again. Yep. And you felt that. Um, other than that, I don't really have a lot. Actually, the biggest the biggest thing for me in this was the Bengals defense. Mm-hmm. Holding the Colts to 46 rushing yards. Yeah. That's pretty nuts. Well, yeah. And they are really hurting without Jonathan Taylor. And Moss did a great job at the beginning of the year, especially. But he it's did. just... It's I want say, he's not Taylor, but I, I agree. I think the Bengals defense did a really good job at holding them. And, and who knows, dude? The Bengals are seven and six. Yeah. What? We'll get into them. I have them right now, just outside of my top ten. Yeah, I mean they're they're I mean top twelve. Browns thirty one, Jags twenty seven. Joe Flacco. I mean, the Browns are are they a contender again now? Are they a contender with Joe Flacco? They should have. They should have had Joe Flacco out there. Years ago, are they paying him two hundred forty million guaranteed, dude? Why do they? I don't know. Anyway, Joe Flacco, I think, is the perfect person for the Browns this year, especially yes, this year. He's perfect, dude. Like he has a lot of experience. He can manage an offense. They don't need anyone to come in and make flashy plays. They just need someone to come in and not turn the ball over. Even though they did turn the ball over a few times. His completion percentage was lower, but he had 311 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Yep. They just needed someone that can run their Manage defense. The they, they actually 100%. just needed a game manager, and they needed, needed someone with experience, and Joe Flacco's been doing that. I'm impressed with him right now. F-dog. Uh, um, interesting thing. It was a tight end game. Both of the tight ends were the leading receivers, with Evan Ingram having 11 receptions, 95 yards, and two touchdowns, and then David Njoku with six receptions, 91 yards, and two touchdowns. That's pretty solid for a tight end. And he didn't even lateral. He didn't even lateral. He didn't even lateral. The other thing, the interesting one to talk about is Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Flacco. Throw three picks, man. He just can't do it. Yeah. If I read you the stat line going in, 28 for 50, 257 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions, or 26 for 45, 311 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. I'm pretty sure you're saying Joe Flacco is the one throwing three interceptions. 100%. And then, so it got better, to be fair. Earlier on in the game, though, he had thrown one touchdown. This is Trevor Lawrence. had thrown one touchdown and three interceptions. So, Dude, and that's the thing about Trevor Lawrence, holes. dude. Like, that's the thing about quarterbacks. It's so tough to read because Lawrence will have flashes of like, oh, he's a legit quarterback. And then yeah. they'll have flashes like, boy, he throws through picks. And you're like, mm-hmm. it's tough to beat any team when you turn the ball over that much. Yeah. Any team. Like, like the we'll get obviously later, but like if the Eagles are in Dallas territory and fumble the ball three times, like mm-hmm. you're not going to win the football game. This is my Clemson bias coming out here. But if you look at when you're, you're playing Sean Watson, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, they aren't playing that many good teams, and no. you can just like move around and make crazy plays, and you get out, you get away with it. 
You, it's like you can reverse the field as a quarterback and you, you gain yards. Yep. You don't get tackled for 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. In the NFL, you throw three interceptions. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yes, sometimes you like a Trevor Lawrence versus Brock Purdy. Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to be a better spark than Brock Purdy mm-hmm. and a little bit more of a playmaker. But you don't always need that. No. Sometimes you just need someone who makes really good throws and it's consistent and dependable and runs the offense well. And Trevor Lawrence, to his credit, he fights back well. Mm-hmm. He does. But he's got to stop putting himself in these kind of holes. He does. And one of the things I will say, I mean, one of the things that, that we forget to, because Lawrence came in young in the league. Like, he just turned 24. Yeah. Like, he, he came in the league, I think it was 21, maybe, when he came into the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, like, he literally just turned 24 years old. Yep. So, I, I, I agree with you. Though. I think, like, especially the scouts and, and just fans and people in general, they get all caught up, like, oh, he's 6'4", you know? And, like, he's got the profile. He's 6'6". Six, six. And Whoa. he's got long hair, you know? His hair is 18 inches. Exactly. And it's like, he's got a crazy arm, yep. which is like, all this stuff is, don't go wrong, it's great. But, like, you can make so many mistakes to just put your team out of games. Mm-hmm. The last thing I'll say though is we can't, I guess, put too much flack on Lawrence, especially for this game. Like he Flacco did on Lawrence, uh, <laughs> he did um, just have a high ankle sprain six days before. No, that is a good point. Yeah, I mean Saints Panthers, yeah, Saints twenty eight Panthers six. Panthers are so bad, so bad. They got zero spark with an interim coach. But even mm-hmm. worse than that, the Panthers have a special teams coordinator as head coach, and the special teams is getting worse. They gave up a punt block touchdown. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing that they should be able to do. Yeah. With I have no words anymore for the Panthers mm. this season. I just hope that here, I'm, I'm going to throw this statistic out there. While you're throwing that one out there, somehow as bad as the Panthers are, it was 14, six going in the fourth. Yeah. Which is a testament to how bad the NFC South is because so bad, dude. the saints are in the running for the NFC South. <laughs> This is ridiculous. Dude. Oh, here we go. Since taking the reins in 2018, okay? Oh, it's his Tepper's. He's got a 33% win percentage, doesn't he? 30 wins, 65 losses in six years. Get this. All-time win percentage update. The Charlotte Bobcats, 36.4%. David Tepper, 31.9%. The Charlotte Bobcats, which was the laughing stock of the NBA. Is making David Tepper a laughing stock. Correct. Of Charlotte. This was back a month and a half ago. But he lost 59 games in his first 88 games, making him the lowest winning percentage owner in league history. I don't even, <laughs> even want to say anything. Jimmy Haslam, who on the Browns, had a 35% win rate. That's the next closest. For the Browns. Yeah. That's terrible. Not terrible. Well, depending on how you look at it, the Jets obliterated the Texans thirty to six, and that, uh, yes, that's crazy enough. But Zach Wilson, we'll we'll talk about this in a second because I want to do another one of those quarterback comparisons. But absolutely went off yeah, coming in, which was crazy. Obviously, from the Texan side, I think I mean they're just decimated with injuries. Yeah. If you look, I mean, obviously Tank Dell went out last week. Then Nico Collins went down after just one target yeah. interception. CJ Stroud actually even went down with a concussion late. I think that he's probable for this week coming up now. 
or doubtful. And then Garrett Wilson went off. Brees Hall went yeah, off. Yeah, good for Garrett Wilson. He doesn't uh, get enough credit. I mean, he had a hundred. Well, he doesn't get enough credit because he hasn't had That's a good enough quarterback throw to him. He doesn't get enough chances. But he did a day and he capitalized. He had 108 receiving yards. Brees Hall only had 40 rushing yards, but he had 86 receiving yards and a touchdown. Brees Hall is a is a great receiving back. But to the quarterback comparison, the stat line between C.J. Stroud and Zach Wilson, one quarterback had 10 was 10 for 23 with 91 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. The other quarterback was 27 and 36 for 301 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. You're flipping that script. <laughs> you Not every day, man. At no point in this season would you have said C.J. Stroud's having less than 100 passing yards in the same game that Zach Wilson has 301. Correct. But, I mean, props to Zach Wilson because it's been – like I was watching Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee trying to defend him. Like, people have been going after him lately. And, that, I mean, what a great way to respond. Like – play like this dude that's that's his second good game this year he's had two games one's this one the the other one's his chiefs remember when they almost Mm -hmm. beat the chiefs um where he played very well and it's like he had two games where it's like hey zach wilson's and then the next i i you know i haven't put a bet on in a couple weeks i'm gonna put a lot of money zach wilson doesn't have 150 passing yards next week i don't know (laughs) we'll see yeah it's maybe, against, dude, maybe this is like his turning point, though. Maybe. I mean, but also New York's a hard place to play yeah, when things are tough. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's going to be the loudest critics and that are your home fan base. So that's tough. Good for him. Um, good for him. More interesting, I think the best game of the week, Ravens, Rams, Ravens, yep. Rams. Ravens ended up winning 37 to 31 in overtime. But listen to this. In this game, there were eight lead changes Two more times it was tied, a safety, six field goals, seven touchdowns, overtime, and a walk-off winch. That almost makes up for the next game that we're going to talk about. Yeah. But, I mean. Dude, how? Both teams scored in the last minute, 16 seconds of regulation. How? I mean, how electric is it to win with a punt return? It doesn't get any better than that. What I mean, a walk-off punt return, you just. It's over. That's awesome. So, man. I mean, it was like a 70-something yarder, 76-yard punt return, too. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, Matthew Stafford and Lamar Jackson both played very well. Um, similar stat lines. Matthew Stafford was 23 of 41, 294 yards, three touchdowns. Lamar Jackson was 24 of 43, 316 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, yeah. and then 70 rushing yards. There were 860 yards of total offense. Mm. 68 total College points. game. Love that. Georgia State. Love that. <laughs> Cooper Cup played really well. Puka played well. I mean, it was an exciting game, which let's just jump into it. That almost made up for this next game, but instead of 800 plus yards of offense, there were 433 yards of offense and three total points. And those three points came in the final two minutes of the game. Yeah. I'm about to tell you a great story. Andrew had a, I think it was a seven, it was either a six, seven, or eight leg parlay. Uh huh. He put in $30 for this parlay, which that's an aggressive parlay. And he had, like I said, he had six, seven, or eight legs. But the first four or five hit, he needed the Raiders to win money line and then the Eagles to win money line. And if he would have won those two, he would have won $10,000. So it was like 7 p.m. on Sunday. And he was like, he called me and he was like, I only need the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Eagles to win. I went 10 grand. And the Broncos one. took care of business. And then we were like watching this game and it was like came down to the last second and how deflating it is to lose a huge parlay by losing the game. 
right? And I mean, because this had happened before the Eagles, yeah. Cowboys. Game. I mean, he would he wouldn't have won it anyway, just because the Eagles, you know. But he could have, like he was something he could have hedged easily right. for a couple grand. Oh yeah, you know, which is tough. <laughs> that is tough. What can you do? This was the lowest scoring NFL game in 16 years, though. Yep. Lowest of all time ever indoors. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the, you, besides the safety, I guess, like you can't get any lower. I mean, you could go zero zero tie, but that hasn't happened in a very long time. Yeah. I get That's true. Um, I guess you can do a tie these days. Justin Jefferson injured again, a trophy. which was tough. I know. I like Justin Jefferson. Uh, Josh Dobbs was benched. Magic is gone. Unfortunately, I love it. He knows I was here for every bit of it. Uh, once again, I guess, I mean, interesting. Hawkinson and Adams both were leading receivers with exactly 53 yards. That's kind of interesting that they both had exactly 53. I guess. We're, dude, we're looking, we're looking for diamonds in the rough. We're looking, actually, we're looking for if fake diamonds. If you love defensive football, this is hardcore John Madden football. <laughs> it was more just bad offense. It was awful. There's I'm a seriously. difference, too. And, uh, Raiders played good defense. Yeah, uh, like, well, one thing I will say though, unfortunate that Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson have been out this year because last year the Vikings were just terrible defensively. Yeah. And their defense has stepped it up big it time this year. So I just don't want to get that completely lost in this, but I mean also three nothing. I thought six nothing last week was bad. Uh yeah. And then they three nothing just somehow even worse. It's not good. No. It's really not yeah, good. It's not good. Well, Way more go. fun. You can tell 49ers, 49ers, Seahawks, yep. McCaffrey, Samuel, Ayuk, all with over 100 yards. Not, not a bad day for those guys. Not a bad day. Kind of scary when they're all firing. Because the, the 49ers, honestly, played sloppy in this game in a lot of ways, which, to be fair, it's a division game for the second time in three weeks against the Seahawks, which is a tough matchup. Yep. Uh, and then the Seahawks were ended up losing their fourth straight game, which. Fun fact, or not fun, depending on which, which side of it you land on. The Seahawks have never lost four games under Pete Carroll before right yeah. now. Offensively, Purdy ended up throwing for his career high of 368 yards, but it's really because of the aliens around him this time. Like McCaffrey yeah. started the game with a 72-yard run like from the very beginning. 16 carries, 145 rushing yards. Debo had seven receptions for 149 yards, two touchdowns, including a 54-yard touchdown. Ayuk, 126 yards with a 45-yard uh, reception. And then Kittle with 76 yards, including a 44. Like, look at that. I mean, each one of those players had over a 44-yard play. That's insane. That's that's scary. I mean, if the Niners are healthy, I don't think there's a team within 10 points of them. If they're playing their best and healthy. Big if yeah, in football. Yeah, that's, that's my thing with the 49ers. It's like they're playing unbelievable right now. But. For I don't know why I feel like this. Like maybe it's the three game skid. You know, maybe it's it's last year how last year ended up too, like a combination. But like, I just feel like the 49ers are such a fragile team. Like in terms someone, of injuries, yeah. Like if someone gets injured, like my thought is like, if any of these four players get injured, it's almost it's almost over for them. I think no. I think if it's two of any three, except I would say for Brock Purdy, of course, yes, yeah. I also, I mean, in the skid that you keep talking about, they lost Trent Williams and Debo. Well, that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. It's like you take those two type players off of any team and they're yeah. not winning. And they were still in those games. Well, real quick, I wanted to talk tiny bit MVP because to that point here, there's, I guess, a couple things that are, that are happening all at once. The first one 
is to me, Christian McCaffrey is the one that if you take out, yes, everything kind of falls apart. Yeah, but he's also like a Hall of Famer. So like, but no, yeah, I completely agree. But what I'm saying is, I think Christian McCaffrey should be in the MVP conversation. I think agreed. him and Tyreek Hill. I think I if agree. you look at Christian McCaffrey, he has just under 1,200 rushing yards. And the next behind him is Raheem Mostert at 924. And that goes along with his receiving yards, which is just... And he's got 437. If you look at total yards, that's 1,614 total yards and 17 total touchdowns. Then the other one, Tyreek Hill, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about the Dolphins-Titans game. But if you take Tyreek Hill out of the Dolphins, they didn't look like the Dolphins. No. And yeah, I mean, he's got 1,542 receiving yards. Next closest is A.J. Brown at 1,258 behind him. You want to see a crazy stat? Yeah. McCaffrey has 1,614 all-purpose yards mm-hmm. receiving and rushing. The next closest is Travis Etienne with 1,100. And, dude, he's 50% more almost. 50% more than the next closest NFL running back. I agree, dude. I, you like, it's like Adrian Peterson in 2012. Like yeah. you gotta consider him. Like I, I looked I just, at the MVP rankings. I just don't love this today. quarterback. Always. Dude, that I looked at the MVP rankings and McCaffrey's like sixth or, or something on the MVP rankings. And I'm right. like, you're telling me like, well, uh, because it is, we, I don't like it, but it is essentially a quarterback award. A quarterback has won it for the last, uh, 11 years, I believe. 2012, Yeah, Adrian Peterson won the MVP. But mm-hmm. since then, I think it's been a quarterback ever since. And I think that if... I think not only does it have to be an outstanding um, performance like Adrian Peterson, but it also, you have to have a big gap elsewhere on your team. Like if you look at Tyreek Hill, I think that he would be the MVP from the Dolphins. But because Tyreek Hill... Or sorry, because Tua still has like Waddle and has like great passing numbers. It's, you know what I mean? Like it, even if it's because of Tyreek Hill, I think it's always going to go to the quarterback. Dude. And that's, what's frustrating. It's like, in my opinion, the way it's, it's shaping out right now. Like mm-hmm. I think McCaffrey is the MVP. Like if you take McCaffrey off at the 49ers, like it's pretty much over. <laughs> like, and, and But it's like with him, they're unstoppable. Yeah. And with, yeah. with the pieces, like them as a functioning team. So, I mean, I agree. The other thing that I want to say, since it is a quarterback award, so we'll just pretend like it is at this moment, is I have been seeing some people say, like, Purdy needs to not be in it. He's just like Jimmy G in 2019. You got to stop putting game managers in this conversation. Jimmy G obviously took him to the Super Bowl, played fairly well. One distinction I want to draw between the two of them is if you look at their numbers right now, Purdy through 13 games, Jimmy G through 16 games. They're kind of similar in terms of yards, which one, that's obviously Edge Purdy. But one rating, uh, Purdy's rating is 116.9 compared to Jimmy G's 102. But this is the main one. If you look at their yard or air yards per attempt, Brock Purdy's is 5.5 and Jimmy G's is 4.4. Because the argument was saying like they're just doing short like dump passes to people and they're running the ball. Well, actually, if you look at it, in that season, in 2019, Jimmy G's 4.4 air yards per attempt was 18th in the league. Right now, um, there's one person who has four passes, but that doesn't count. Of quarterbacks, Brock Purdy 
at 5.5 is leading the NFL. So like they're not the same quarterback, Jimmy G and Brock Purdy. Yeah. And so that was just, I'm, again, I, I don't mean this is shade on Jimmy G, but like if you look at it, he threw 13 interceptions. Brock Purdy's at seven. He lost five or had five fumbles, lost one. Brock Purdy's only had two fumbles, lost none of those. And his numbers are the same as his in terms of good stats, yards, all of that through 13 games instead of 16. Yeah. Other thing. I'm other just wondering about, the, like, do you have any, like, the yards? Total yards? Yeah, or, like, the TDs? Yeah, yeah, or, like, so um, like the that? yards for it, if you look at it, the completion percentage, this is what I was saying, through 13 games, Brock Purdy's throwing 70, or is 70.2 completion percentage, 3,553. Like 16 picks, Jimmy J. Oh, in 2019? Oh, I think that's probably playoffs, too. Oh, but um, he's be. got 350, or 3,553 passing yards, which is 9.9 .9 passing yards attempt compared to... Jimmy G, who had 3,900, so like 400 more yards through three more games and was at 8.4 yards per attempt. But the other person in this conversation is Dak Prescott. And I just want to go on record and say that you and I, when everyone was ready to crucify him, we're like, yeah, we no, did. dude, Dak's not the Cowboys' problem. He's not, yeah. No, we're and, and now to our like, defense. I mean, they're like, we need to sit Dak Prescott. Yeah. He's, they're never going to be good. He should be the MVP. <laughs> They're like, Dak's not the answer, you know? And then now he's like, well, he's probably the MVP of the league. I mean, it goes to show, yes, they're making a lot. They have a good life. But it's also brutal sometimes being a quarterback. It's, 100%. If things go right, everyone wants to, to celebrate you. The second things go wrong, they want to, like I said, crucify you essentially, which is why any good quarterback would say, just don't believe the hype. Try to, don't ride the highs or the lows. But 100%. that is so much easier said than done. And so- I mean, I kind of want to shout us out, but also dude, I guess shout that. us out, shout us out, dude. Um, next game though, Bills Chiefs. It's a close game. Obviously, we will get into the controversy. Um, big play at the end. So, but it came down to the wire. Was not the exciting game I was hoping for. It's not not that playoff rematch where people are scoring with six seconds right, left. Right. Well, uh, it almost was. Almost was. That's true. Or both teams are scoring it with 30 seconds left. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs dropped back to back games, though, for the first time since the beginning of 2021. They're yep, now over two years. They've lost four of their last six. Mm -hmm. They got some answers to figure out, dude. Yeah, they're still eight and five, but like. But that's their most losses since correct. 2017. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. got some things to figure. And, and we, uh, like, this game I knew was going to be a tough one because it's a must. Anytime you you put a team in a must-win situation, like mm -hmm. they're giving it all they have. Not saying they're always going to win, but. Yeah, I mean. So. Mahomes is also not like, he's not been himself this year in total. Well. Like what we're used to. I also think a lot of that's the pieces around him, which we'll get into in a second. Yep. But honestly, Mahomes and Allen played very similar games. It's like yep. they were, uh, Allen was 23 of 42. Mahomes was 25 of 43. Allen threw for 233 yards. Mahomes threw for 270. They both had one touchdown, one interception. Yep. Um, but should we just jump and talk about the play? I feel like that's the big thing to talk about with this. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll throw it out for anyone who missed it. Another blitz. But at the end of the game, this play, play happens. Got minute 21 left. that was so sick. So he catches it, improvs on the run, about to get hit, throws a a dime, just a literal a, dime, a laser on a full speed to Kadarius Tony, who had kind of given up on this route. By the way, yeah, he'd given up on the play. He finds him, hits him, 
scores a touchdown. Obviously, the whole play is negated because of a penalty. I had a quick theory, though. I don't know if if Kelsey had caught the flag out of the corner of his eye at the beginning and thought it was a defensive offsides, and that's why he made the lateral. Oh, I don't know if that is it, maybe. but that was a very risky lateral because he had someone coming in about to hit him. Dude, I know. That's and what I'm so, saying. I, I, I maybe have no it was idea. drawn up? You think it was like they No, drew? it had to have been... Um, Actually, I don't know. It could have been. Uh, it feels like Kelsey just being Kelsey. This is about a minute, but this is Mahomes and then Andy Reid talking about it for a second. I mean, it's I mean, obviously tough to swallow for a guy like Travis to make a play like that. I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. And that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. I mean, they're human, man. They made mistakes. But I mean, I'm, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something and another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough to swallow. I know how much everybody puts into this game and for it to... To happen on a flag change the outcome of a game. I mean, I, I've played seven years, never had that, never had offensive offsides called. That's elementary school. We we talk about. I mean, you point to the ref, do all that different type of stuff, and it doesn't get called. And if it does, do you, they warn you. And there was no warning throughout the entire game. Um, and then you wait till there's a minute left in the game to make a call like that. It's tough because regardless if we win or lose another game, and we're talking about the refs, man, it's just not what we want for football. Let us play the game. Very disappointed that he. Ended the way it did, and normally I, I never use any of this as excuses, but normally I get a warning before something like that happens in a big game. A bit embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place. Agreed. And since 2010, there have been 15 offensive offsides called on wide receivers. The flip side is 11 offensive offsides called this year. Yeah, which so they, they were are... starting to force it more, I guess. And... Uh, so I guess more context for it. They said that he was so far off sides that they couldn't, like if you couldn't see the ball and that's why they did that instead of a warning, they've been cracking down. Quick thoughts for me. I think right now I'm curious what you're thinking about this. On one hand, as a fan, I'm like, yeah, that was a sick play. <laughs> and I almost wish there was a rule. It's like if something that sick happens, you pull up the flag, especially because it obviously did not impact the play at all. At all. Because he was lined up, let's say seven inches a foot offsides. That's just a foot head start. And he started jogging because he gave up before. I just don't, you know how many defensive players line up on that line? So that's the other thing. The next play. I know he was off. He was off. Von Miller was offsides and it wasn't called, which added to the frustration. So I've seen a lot of people laying into the two of them upset or talking about sportsmanship, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm honestly not not that upset about it because I feel like it's the heat of the moment. It's just like passion, frustration. I think, honestly, in a lot of ways, I think that Patrick Mahomes is being a good teammate. Like he wants, yeah. like you, you can't, <laughs> Kadarius Tony was w- clearly offsides. And also that's just sloppy. Like he should know better. He should be able to do that. He hasn't blamed him. He hasn't blamed any of his teammates. Right. But I also think that frustration's building up because they're up to like 33 drops or something like that on the season. They're sloppy. They look bad. Then, of course, like as he, as he mentioned it, they had the holding or the the pass interference. It wasn't called last game. Like it's got. I mean, I get the frustration is what I'm saying. Where yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, yeah, you can see like yes, he is a couple inches offside, but like come on, man. I just I, I hate when people like and then the refs come to back the refs and like, well, he was he was offside. You know, it's like, dude. Okay, well then, what about the next play? And it's like, what about like. 
this happens. It's it's not like this is the yeah. first time this has ever happened, or this is the first time this happened in the game. Mm-hmm. Probably on either side. And that's their point is that it was wild that it was just caught without a warning. Yeah, like you're just gonna call like that. That's what gets me. It's like, and then you have the rules and it's like, well, we're gonna call it more this year. You know. And, I know. I also. I understand that the play was called before they threw the flag, but they pick up flags sometimes. I almost wish that that was one of them. They got together. Like, I know we're trying to crack down on this, but this isn't the time to do that. Right. Like that did not affect this play. Yep. We need to, to pick on another play. Cause that will impact the game. Yeah. Uh, I also think to Patrick Mahomes credit, and I'm about, I'm about to come back with the, the, the contrary opinion, but to his credit, the NFL officiating has been terrible this year. It has. Like, I, I, we are talking about it way too much. So much, dude. And it's like, it, it's crazy because it's like they miss, and this is obviously such an overgeneralization, but they miss big calls, like things that should be called. And they call these like little tiny roughing the passers, right? Mm-hmm. And they call these like little tiny offside plays, like that none of it really has any impact at all. And it's like, you, you call that, but you don't call like, some of the like the other like blatant defensive pass interference and you don't call a blatant sometimes like offensive pass interference where the guy just like pushed him to the ground like you're not calling any of these but you're calling a uh roughing the passer because he has three-fourths of his body weight like you're uh-huh. like and then, dude what i want to hit the refs in the face <laughs> when they come on to the announcing crew and go well you know what brad that was a penalty and i'm like shut up dude <laughs> Like shut up! Every single play, I'm sure there could be by the like the book definition some yeah. penalty. I feel like Dean Blandino is the only one who's somewhat like, no, that was the wrong call. Like, yeah, he, he's not. Everyone uh, by like no Gene, means great. I've had enough of Gene. Oh, Gene, Gene's the worst. Here, Gene and Terry are just dude. I have had. Terrible. I'm so sick of them. Just well, you know, John, that that, that was foul, and I'm like, shut up, man. If you can see, you know, the wide receiver, he, he didn't yeah. have eight steps and bounds, and so they, you're like, yeah. come on, man. Like, but it's like I think the big thing we argue is the consistency. Like, if yeah. you're calling, you know, defensive pass interference, kind of like a ticky tacky call all game, mm-hmm. and then someone pushes someone down, and you're like, oh, okay, we're not going to call it this time. It's like. Come on, like just if if you if this is the third or fourth offensive offside they've called, mm-hmm. okay, okay, but like, and I get, uh, or it, if you'd given a warning, or and actually, you know why they did? They're enforcing more this year. Why the tush push? Oh, that makes sense. I didn't. So know that. like That's the offensive makes... linemen aren't like lined up offside for the tush push. But again, it's and like if a they little... ban the tush, dude. I'm telling you, oh, what, that's... if they ban the tush push and Dak Prescott wins MVP. I will not watch the NFL. <laughs> that will be it. And the next thing you know, we have flags for quarterbacks. I mean, honestly, sometimes I'm like, that would be better to have flags. I think everyone's but frustrated, though. Everyone's frustrated. And so that's where I'm, I get it and I'm empathetic. And he's, to his credit, he's right. He didn't complain about the call last week, which was terrible because he's like, I'd rather like the fans and I want to be able to be playing at the end. Now, this is where my point comes in. You brought the Eagles back in. Sorry, Patty boy, you can't have it both ways. You won the Super Bowl because of a ticky tacky call at the end of a game. He, and that was a so oh those that's calls my devil's advocate. I'm with you. Except for you can't have it both ways. Do you want to give back your ring? Because those calls, that call right there. Oh man. I, <laughs> but you know, I, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, taking it back to the Super Bowl where it's like 
Right. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm not saying what I'm you're saying is anxiety wrong. anxiety right now. Because... What you're saying is not wrong, but it works both ways. That just got my blood pressure up. It did. Okay. <laughs> Other interesting game. Broncos, 24. Chargers, 7. Didn't cover. Unfor or the cover the over-under for you. I know. Sad day for you. Uh, Chargers are in trouble. I'm just going to say it. Well, Justin Herbert left the game with a hand injury. Yeah. Looks like he's, he's out gone for the, the season. season. Yeah, Broken yeah. finger. Uh, I think Staley's gone. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't fired him yet. I am too. He's kind of like the Chargers need to figure out something because that once, like we talk about, they have such an explosive offense. Like you have Eckler, you have obviously he got injured, but you have Herbert, you have Keenan Allen. Who is the fastest player in 900 receptions? He did that in this game. Oh, Keenan Which is kind of, yeah. yeah, Keenan Allen. I thought that was kind of cool. But anyway, yeah, they've, even they Quinn Johnson, pieces. he had 91 receiving yards in this game. Well, and Quinn Johnson, by the way, is a young animal. Right. Well, to that point, Justin Herbert is too. We're talking about Trevor yeah. Lawrence. He's 25 now, which is, to their point, it's like, take the rest of the season off. Yep. We're looking at the future. There's nothing really happening this year. He's Heal a year younger back. than me. But I just, I just don't have the confidence in Staley. I don't, I don't feel like it's the right direction. But what do I know? Other thing I'll say about this, though, the Chargers didn't score into the fourth, and it had been five straight scoreless quarters for them. And they have an explosive offense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Get rid of the coach. <laughs> well, and he was calling plays. Their defense finally got better. It's just, it yeah. seems like they can't put it together. Right. Correct. And so I'm not saying that he's incapable. Obviously, he's a good defensive coordinator. But is he so focused now on the defense that the offense completely slipped? Something's off there. And I, I like the Chargers for whatever reason. I like them. I want to see them. It's just, I feel like it's because they haven't been good in such a long time. Yeah. Well, you can tee this one up because you're excited. I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> Cowboys oh, oh, this crushed is what I was, the Eagles. I forgot to say this, dude. Yeah. Um, I will die on this hill. Brandon Albee should be the MVP. I know he's a kicker. I know he's a kicker, dude. But like, you hit your first 30. Was it 30? You hit your first 30 field goals in the NFL. You don't miss. Dude, and he's not just hitting 25 yards. Like, my guy's pulling up from like Steph Curry range. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him in a second with Iceman. Uh, but yes. Dude. Also, I've got him in fantasy. He got me like 23 points. A kicker. He had three 50-plus yarders in that game. He's the first person ever because he had a 59 and a 60. The uh -huh. first person to hit two of those in a game. Yep. He's hit the most consecutive field goals to start his career of anyone. Dude is nice. Four for four. Three 50-plus yarders in this game. Uh, Cowboys punted for the first time in the third quarter since Thanksgiving. That was interesting. What? Yeah, because they didn't punt at all against the Seahawks. Wow, I did not realize that. And so they made it half against the Eagles, too. Wow. Well, the Eagles' defense is just... Well, dude, Eagles' defense, but Eagles' offense, because their offense did not score a single offensive touchdown. They turned the ball over three yeah, times. That was the thing, right? That's the thing. Where it's like, yes, they had no offensive touchdowns. Mm -hmm. and, and also, dude, this is why I went from being very high on the Eagles to like, I'm not nearly as high on them right now. And the reason is... I think Jalen Hurts' knee injury is playing a much bigger factor than anyone says. Yeah, he doesn't really look like he doesn't. He doesn't himself. look explosive. He does. He looks like indecisive at times. It's like I wonder, mm -hmm. like if the knee injury is playing a little bit like more of a because they're like, oh, he sprained his knee or you know he overextended it or whatever the official definition was. And I'm wondering if it's like the Joe Burrow thing earlier in the season where it's like, what's Joe Burrow doing? Yeah. And here's the thing, Jalen Hurts. They have been overhyping him all season. Hmm. The reason is, is because he scored, 
I think it's six touchdowns in the tush push. So six out of his. 12. Because he's tied with. CMC he has 12 passing, I think. No, he has 12 rushing, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. So like half of them have come from the tush push. Yeah. But uh, Brandon Aubrey, MVP. Yeah. He is the MVP. Also, shout out Stefan Gilmore. Obviously, by a South Carolina boy. But he had, they switched him last week, halfway through, to start covering DK Metcalf. And for the most part, locked him down. And then A.J. Brown, he wasn't on him the whole night. Uh, but, I mean, A.J. Brown's a big receiver. And he was tackling him. He was, like, getting physical with him. Again, like, nine yards of reception. He, like, it's, it's not, obviously, he didn't do nothing. But he yeah. kept him in check. And so... No, we did. And, and those those three turnovers, though, they take, I mean... Oh, well, it completely changes the game. Completely. The last thing with Stefan Gilmore, that was a really good pickup that they got. It was. that From the Colts, like getting a veteran like him, and then obviously Deron Bland's going off. Like Their defense is looking good. But time to hear from Iceman. We know he loves his kickers. I love the kickers. What's up, everybody? This week's Unsung Hero goes out to America's favorite software engineer for America's favorite team. Of course, I'm talking about Brandon Aubrey, the current (laughs) kicker for the Dallas Cowboys, who as of Sunday night has entered rarefied air, now holding the NFL record for most consecutive kicks made to start a career. He's 30 for 30. He also holds the career record for most kicks beyond 59 yards with two in a single game. And that is just absolutely spectacular. But once you dive into Brandon's background, it gets even crazier. You see... Brandon was just your run-of-the-mill national champion soccer player while he was at Notre Dame, where then he got drafted into the MLS by Toronto FC. Well, after a couple years, that kind of fizzled out, having a short stint in the USL, and he kind of took a step back and fell back onto a software engineering degree. Yeah, guy's no dummy. And then he saw the USFL opportunity and got a gig with the Birmingham Stallions. So what we're looking at now is Brandon's going to be one of these success stories coming out of the USFL, and... uh, He's currently messing around with some rarefied air. We're not quite ready to give him the next Justin Tucker uh, moniker, but he's getting darn close. Brandon, for a guy who is uh, programming computers and video games, it sounds like a couple years ago, to a guy that is now uh, slated to make some good money in the coming years kicking a football, buddy, do it for the brand. (laughs) Keep it up, because you're this week's Unsung Hero. But, I mean, also from the other side, too. Obviously, from his side, it's nice. But from the Cowboys, yeah. they were struggling with kickers the last couple of years. And so Dude, to get someone Maher? going 30 for 30. Yeah. So, I mean, he's missed a couple PATs, I think, this season. But he's, I mean, a 60-yarder. It hit the net. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that, that, that I, I do believe, like, I don't know, maybe it's 75 is true. But, like, that would have been good from 70. That would have broken Justin Tucker's 66 yards. Every single kickoff, he just... It's a field goal. Dude, every it's kickoff, so he, his leg is just like. I've I've wondered that. Why don't football teams just get like some soccer players that just have boots and then like flip them? That's what, that's what like, amazes like me a, though. It's like, yes, he has an unbelievable leg, but like it's so pretty skinny field goal and it's so mental. It's like golf. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's so mental. And but like, he just walks up. He's like, mm, yeah, there you yeah, go. Boom. No, yeah. Done. Okay. Boom. Done. Okay. Boom. It's crazy. Anyway, Monday night games. First off, in the Giants Packers game, Danny Tommy DeVito, Tommy, Tommy Danny Danny Tommy DeVito's agent is a character straight out of a movie scene. 
Really? Look at this cat up on the screen. Oh, <laughs> and then you got like he's up with his dad and they're like kissing each other on the cheek. <laughs> it just feels he like an like Italian mobster. mobster, right? Tommy Danny DeVito cutlets, though. <laughs> Dude, my guy has won, is it three more games now than Bryce Young? Yeah. I Still mean, living with his mom. That seems like. The- Dude, Tommy, I love those stories. Good for yeah. DeVito. Uh, Saquon Barkley had a good game. 86 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Jordan Love played okay. Um, interesting. This is to your point where they weren't great is that there were five turnovers in this game. Packers had three, Giants had two, right. and they both missed a field goal. Um, but I thought it was fun, like the little comeback at the end. Well, this was also um, the Packers have been hot. They played sloppy. They did. Especially, I mean, allowing 24 points. I mean, to the Giants. Also, well, especially you had the Bears go in and beat the Lions. You knew that this was yesterday because it's yep. Monday coming in. You've got to win this game. You have to, because yep. you all of a sudden it's not that it's great chances, set, right. but it puts you potentially at the chance of going in and getting the division. Dude, if they win this game, they're seven and six, two games behind. The Lions, Lions are trending downwards. The, the Packers' schedule, for the most part, is a cakewalk for the rest of the season. So it like sets you up really well. I mean, if they win the next four games, I think they'll still secure. 10-7, they'll probably still get a wild card bid. Right, but I mean... But they got to win the next four games. It just it was a step backwards. It was like a... They kept taking a couple steps forward. This felt like a big step backwards. But also, the Giants did look pretty good. Not not great, but I'm just saying, compared to how they looked the rest of the year, they looked... Like... Right, right. It was sloppy, but the Giants looked okay. <laughs> Maybe okay. I'm not ready to say good. Okay. Other side of things. I mean, but the pet dude, the Packers beat the Chargers, the Lions, and the Chiefs. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And it's like, right. Whoa. And then they, that's a, such a bad loss, man. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, other game, Titans, Dolphins. First off, I took the Dolphins to cover in our picks last week. It was looking sloppy. At the end, they finally go up by 14. I'm like, all right, good. We got it. They like flips to the Packers game at the end. All of a sudden, the Titans score just happened. They score again. Come back two touchdowns in the last three minutes. Will Levis was fired up. Big football guy. Dude, Will Levis, that's so much confidence too for a young QB. But the big story from from this game to me is yeah, it's Tyreek Hills. The the Dolphins were decimated with injuries. They had Connor Williams, their center, go down. Waddle got got hurt. He came back in. Howard, their cornerback, was banged up. But Tyreek Hill being out. Like uh, on the final drive, he's not in. And I just didn't like Tua. No, dude, he, without Tyreek, Tyreek is the key to their offense. Yeah. I mean, Mostert had 21 carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns. That's a good stat line because he essentially was their offense. Yeah. But to me, and that's what I'm saying. Like if you're talking about MVP earlier, you take Tyreek out and their offense just isn't the same. It's not just that he's putting up a stat line. It's he's, like, teams are having a scheme around him. But this is the part. Remember what we were talking earlier this season? I was like, yes, everyone gets, like, goo-goo-ga-ga over this Dolphins offense. It's so fast. And don't go wrong, they have a great offense. But, like, their defense allowed two touchdowns in three minutes to the Titans. And their defense had been looking way better the last couple weeks. If you're a Dolphins fan, I would be concerned about. And that is, one, the injuries— like, how is Tyreek yeah. Hill bouncing back? Also, it just looked like they were dropping, like, flies during the game. Like, yeah. that's concerning to me. Two, they just look atrocious in close games. I don't even think it's good teams versus bad teams. Yeah. It is indirectly, right? But 
But if you looked at them coming out, it was the classic playing to not lose a game. You know what I mean? Classic. It, You're it four, just, 13 points with three minutes ago and you lose the football game? It just seems like they don't know how to play a game that's close, which is why they're losing to the good teams, I think, a lot of times. The right. Bills, it was a blowout. But the Bills can be dangerous if they're they on. Can. But yeah. but take that game aside. It's like the Eagles, Chiefs. They were even even though you didn't agree, they were in. They were tied with the Eagles in the third quarter, and the Chiefs. They gave up a bunch at halftime and started to come yeah. back, and it was the same thing. Like Tua, I like him, but like I have no faith in him winning the game for the Dolphins. I if Tyreek Hill was in on that drive, Gosh. I think Tyreek Hill. I'm like, get him the ball. He's gonna win yeah, it. Yeah. I don't feel that about Tua, which MVP. That's Tyreek. It is. You know? Yeah. Also, Vrabel going for it on that second or the first one going for two, that's kind of got some stones to make that, that does, call there. Man. And clearly it paid off because when you get the second touchdown, the extra point, you win. You don't go to overtime. Yeah. The Titans turned the ball over three times, though. And still won. And still won. And no, to me, happen. that's just how sloppy the Dolphins looked yeah. this game. Agreed. I mean, anytime you turn the ball over three times against a good team, you should never win the football mm-hmm. game. Ever. Yeah. Period. So. But anyway, that's a perfect rankings. transition to power rankings. You want to hit it first? I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit it quick, baby. Mm. I still got the Bills at 10. This is a pivotal game. If they beat the Cowboys here, I think they skyrocket in the power rankings. Maybe they go to seven. Maybe they go to six. I don't know. Uh, Jaguars at nine. I'm, I'm just worried about that high ankle sprain with Trevor Lawrence and and. The turnovers, um, Browns at eight. Their defense is good enough to keep them in, and, and then Flacco coming out of nowhere might be the answer they need to win a playoff game. Uh, Detroit at seven. They're going to win that division and then lose the first playoff game, whoever they play. Uh, six, Miami. I just don't have much confidence in Miami um, in their defense, or obviously if, if there's any injury to like a Tyree Kill. I think he's day-to-day, but still, I... I just don't see them as a top five NFL team right now. Uh, I got Kansas City five. They've lost four out of the last six, but if Kansas City's anything like they've been in the last four years, like we know a little bit better than to count them out. So I feel like Kansas City's going to win three out of their last four games um, and then maybe win a playoff game or two and, and go on a run. Uh, Ravens at four. They've shown sparks of greatness, but at the same time, there's always that question of like, can they actually compete when the game's close? Kind of like the Dolphins. That's wild that you say you don't know how the Ravens can compete in a close game when they scored with less or like a minute left to go into overtime and then return to punt to win in overtime. Yeah, but it's also... Dare the, I say that's competing and winning in a close game. It is, but it's also against the Rams. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't count out the Rams. I think they would be a fun playoff team to see. They better win their next four games. Um, Cowboys at three. I, I hate saying this so much. They look like the real deal. I mean, like, I almost put them at two. I just didn't on principle. Like, I can't put them ahead of the Eagles right now just on principle because I can't do it, like, physically. My body can't. But Cowboys at three. They look great. Dak Prescott, if, if the season ended today, he's got to be the MVP, right? Like, if you don't put McCaffrey in, I think he's got to be the MVP. Two, I got the Eagles. Um, ten and three as well. They got a lot of things to figure out. They got a secondary to figure out. Um, they have Jalen Hurts to figure out. I don't think he's played nearly as well as he's capable of. Um, and too many freaking turnovers. Stop fumbling the football. Gosh, wide receivers fumbling the freaking football. 
And then number one, still the 49ers. They look great. And uh, they look like a complete football team. Number 10 is tricky. I'm between the Jags, the Broncos, and the Bengals. I'm going to give it to the Jags. They're the only one that's eight and five. Other difference, they're the only one with a positive point differential. But they're slipping. They are lost two in a row. They lost to the Bengals, obviously. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave them at 10 for now, but we'll see how this week goes. Number nine, I've got the Chiefs. They've lost two straight. They've lost four out of their last six. They just look bad. They look sloppy. There's, I don't want to just excuse it because they have Patrick Mahomes and say, well, they could do, they could turn it on and be good. It's like, if they do, then I'm going to move them up in the ranking. This isn't me saying that they're going to finish ninth, but wow. they, they don't look good right now. If I said erase your memory from past seasons of the Kansas City yep. Chiefs, you would not have them at five. No, you're right. I wouldn't. And without so Patrick Mahomes and without the past success. And so I yeah. was trying to eliminate the past success because I'm like, I'm not judging them based off of past years. I'm saying like right now, where are they at? Which it feels wrong to be clear, but I'm like, yeah, prove me wrong then. Like if you're not a, if you're a top five team, then prove me wrong. If you don't prove me wrong, you're not a top five team. Yeah. Eight, I'm going to go Browns. I've got the Browns over the Chiefs right now. This is a wild take because... Obviously, I'm saying like Flacco over Patrick Mahomes. But to me, it's like Patrick Mahomes is still playing pretty well and receivers aren't catching the ball. They're lining up off sides. Like, yeah. it's, it just feels like a disease that's happening inside of the Chiefs right now. And so uh, if they win one really well, if they cover, it's a nine and a half point spread going in this week. If they cover that, they're going to be back up normal. But like right now, it's like they don't look like a good team. Seven bills. Wow. The reason I have them at seven right now one, they just beat the Chiefs, so it makes sense to put them above that. They're seven and six, so they are by far the worst record in the top ten. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the other seven and six teams, none of them scare me in the way that the Bills scare me. If the Bills are on, if they make it to the playoffs, I think there's a good shot they go to the AFC Championship if they make it to the playoffs. It's a big if. They've got a gauntlet to go through. Obviously, we'll see how it goes against the Cowboys. They got a tough schedule. Um, so far, it looks like things are clicking with Joe Brady um, and Josh Allen, and so we'll see there. Number six now, I've got the Lions. I mm. actually move them up one spot after a loss because everyone else fell below, not because I think they should have gone up. Uh, defense looks bad. Offense is struggling. They look flat. Let's like, try to put them three spots out of the Chiefs. Chiefs look worse to me. Five, I've got the Dolphins. Should have just won the game when you're up 14 nothing. What do I think about the Dolphins? They look bad in close games, and injuries are scaring me. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see the next few games. They have, yeah, they have, see uh, how Tyreek Hill's doing, how he's able to bounce back. See how they play against a couple good teams, like the Bills. See how they play mm -hmm. against the Cowboys. That'll be an interesting. Yep. Four, I've got the Eagles. To me, they're fourth, but they're a tier below the top three at this point to me. Mm. They've lost two straight by blowouts. Mm-hmm. One at home, one on the road. That's why I say they look like a tier below. They're getting blown out by the tier above. Yeah. Uh, they Defense looks bad. Offense isn't scoring. They need to figure something out. And they, so when they were winning, right, they were still looking bad and getting it done. Now they're not winning and still looking bad. Yeah. If you look at the four teams that are 10 and 3, the point differential for the Niners is plus 175. The yep. point differential for the Ravens is plus 143. The point differential for the Cowboys is 188. The point differential for the Eagles is 21. Mm -hmm. They just seem like a, it, there's a yeah. 
uh, gap there. So I would love to put them at like six and then I feel like my power rankings would be right at that point. Uh, but Eagles four, Cowboys three, they, they just showed they could win at home on a good game, but can they do it on the road? I would, I'm very curious to see what this team is made of when they go to Buffalo and mm-hmm. play there. Ravens at two defense is elite. Offense can be explosive. I think to me, it was actually a big sign fighting in a close game with a bunch of lead changes that they went in overtime. Um, Currently, they're my favorite to win the AFC. I th- I think if the Bills can make it to the playoffs, it's going to be a Bills-Ravens AFC championship game. And then one Niners, if they're healthy and playing well, it's no question. I don't think there's a team that's hanging with them mm-hmm. if they do that um, on a five-game win streak, which matches the Cowboys. But they've had a lot harder competition in those five games, I felt like, then, like going in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's mine. And uh, the last four games I'm fired up for because – it's going to either expose some teams who have had a weak schedule yeah, or it's going to like legitimize some teams. Well, let's do our picks. You want to hit them first? Yep. Actually. So last week was a bad week. We were combined three, three and 10 or three, four, 10. Um, we both got Buffalo covering plus three. We both lost the Packers minus six and a half. I thought I was going to win the dolphins minus 13 and a half because you know, three minutes left. It was plus 14. No, they lost it. Panthers and Saints. I'm surprised you didn't ride that one with me because the Saints covered minus five and a half. Then I was obviously wrong about the Patriots Steelers. You missed the Eagles because I should ask you, put you on the spot. A good team doesn't get blown out two weeks in a row. So does that mean you're wrong about that take or the Eagles aren't a good team? Right now, the Eagles are not a great team. But you have them second in your power rankings. Yeah, because I do think they're going to bounce back. Let's like the four hours just gets like lost three straight, and you still had them third. So like I, <laughs> no, no, know, no, I was talking about the top five. When that happened. I, I still think that they're going to bounce back. But right now, dude, if they if the playoffs were tomorrow, I'd be very concerned. <laughs> That's true. Um, and then Bears beat Lions, and you thought the the Justin Herbert was going to bounce back, but yep. instead he got hurt, which is tough. So those bounce back games for me are greater. <laughs> they're either yeah. awful or they're great. Yeah. So. Whatever, man. I'm just every time I lose, it's like I look like I lose by a lot. Like, I think it's, well, you remember last week you were like, oh, you're just saying like in terms of total record. Yeah, like yeah. like right here, it's like I had the Eagles plus three, they lost yeah. by like twenty, and I had the the Lions minus three and a half, and they lost. Like mm-hmm. I'm not even close. Well, because it's it's finally out of reach for the season because I'm forty one twenty eight and one, and you're thirty one thirty eight and one. Yep. Um, well, hopefully I can win, win next, next ten. Week. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'm I'm good. Uh, Anyway, you you want to hit yours first? Yep. I got to win nine of the next ten to have a winning record. Here we go, baby. You ready for this? Uh huh. Picks of the week: Panthers. They're gonna lose by more than three. Atlanta. I got Atlanta minus three against the Panthers. Uh, I got the Broncos plus five against the Lions. Broncos have been looking low key good. Mm Hmm. And the Lions, once again, I'm just so, so nervous about Golf's going to throw two picks and they're going to lose that football game. Buffalo minus one and a half against Cowboys. Cowboys have been playing unbelievable. But once again, Buffalo has its back against the wall. It's a must-win game. It's in Buffalo. Cowboys have not played well on the road. road. Now at home, they blow teams out. They play well at home. On the road, they traditionally do not play that well. In a cold Buffalo, can you imagine if it's raining or like snowing? Mm -hmm. It's over. They lost that game. Arizona plus 13 and a half for 49ers. 49ers, I think, are definitely going to win the game. But Arizona's a sneaky team with Kyler Murray back. And to give them two touchdowns in the NFL, I'm taking that all day long. 
Seattle plus three and a half versus Philly. I have legitimate concerns about Philadelphia. Um, and I think Seattle has lost a couple games in the last few weeks, but they're still a pretty good football team. And it's a must win for them. And Philly is just making me really, really nervous. So I think Seattle's going to cover there, plus three and a half. Also, I mean, side note, I just feel bad for Seattle. They had to play the 49ers, yep. the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Eagles. Yep. Like, if, if they don't play, like, Seattle's a legitimate playoff team. Uh, it's just for all the cakewalk schedules, that's four very hard games. Very hard. Yep. Um, yeah, you're playing three out of the top four teams. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. Like, I like that. Okay, Ravens at Jags. I've got the Ravens covering three and a half. Ravens are looking good. Jags are struggling. Um, I think the Jags might drop their third in a row. Then Falcons, Panthers. We talked about that. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Minus three. Come on. That's a joke. <laughs> Texans at Titans. I've got the Titans here. <clears throat> they had a good win, a team-building one. Will Levis got to come from behind. That's all well and good, but more so, it's that the Texans are just decimated by injuries to me. With Nico Collins now out, Tank Dell, CJ Stroud, who knows how much he's going to practice. Is he able able to play in LA? Yeah. Commanders at Rams. Okay. I wanted to take the Rams minus six and a half. However... I'm a, just slightly nervous because Washington's coming off a of bye. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the Rams over on the team total for 27 and a half. Mm. Um, Washington in their last three games has allowed an average of just over 40 points, including 31 to the Giants. And then the Rams just put up 31 against the Ravens, which is a good defense. Uh, so that feels good to me. Yeah. Okay. And then I, I thought about doing the Broncos and Lions. My heart wanted to go with Denver. Um, I'm nervous about it, and then you picked it. So instead of doing that, I'm going to take the Bengals against the Vikings. It's in Cincinnati. Jake Browning's looking good. Bengals are looking good. Josh Dobbs, is the magic's gone. He got benched, unfortunately. JJ's hurt again. It just feels like this Vikings team's deflated. And then on top of that, if Jake Browning doesn't play well, the defense has still been playing well. They still have a really good run game with Joe Mixon. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like it's on his shoulders. Whereas I don't know who's going to really step up and do that for the um, the Vikings. Yeah, I agree. If Josh Dobbs' magic was off, you know what I mean? Yeah, Kirk Cousins, um, where are you at? Come anyway. back! <laughs> I right. hope I crush you. Draft time. Boom! You go first. First I'm snaking it. Snake draft. We've heard enough comments of people saying do a snake draft. You're right. We just didn't switch for a long time. I don't know why. Uh, But the draft topic is best fictional athletes. First pick, I'm going with my heart here, taking Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Ooh, I had him on list, but he was not even close to first. Well, it's just so nostalgic. I know. Number one for me, I mean, uh, Rocky Balboa. I mean, you, you can't look or watch the Rocky movies and not get fire that is a clear first pick i almost went yeah. him but number two for me and kind of hits close to home happy gilmore <laughs> i mean adam sandler and happy gilmore i mean how many times on the driving range have i tried to do that and never once i think have i hit it right i mean how many times have you just seen you go to the range and watch someone do it yeah icon happy gilmore Oh, yeah, almost went rocky. I was like, I don't think, I think Christian said that he just watched The Sandlot for the first time recently. I don't think he's going to do Benny the Jet, but I was like, I just can't live with myself if I don't have Benny the Jet. You know what I mean? Well, I just didn't think you were going to go to number one or two. Uh, (laughs) Pick number two for me, Air Bud. I mean, dog. (laughs) 
An absolute dog. Dog. Uh, okay. Air Bud number two. Uh-huh. Number three. Forrest Gump. Ooh. Ooh. An athlete? An athlete. Watch that man run. <laughs> All right. So I got three and four for me, man. Three. I'm going to throw an absolute curveball. An absolute curveball and go Troy Bolton. <laughs> I'm going to go. I mean, he was the star in High School Musical 1, yeah. High School Musical 2, and High School Musical 3. I mean, I have never seen a cleaner jump shot than Troy Bolton, man. That's hilarious. Number four, Ricky Bobby. I mean, how can you not pick one of the best NASCAR drivers I've ever seen? I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that he got out of the car with the car on fire, pretty much in his underpants, like, the kid's a legend. Yeah. He, I mean, he wakes up, and my guy just pisses excellence. You're not wrong. Yeah. Number four now. This is an off-the-wall pick. Harry Potter. <laughs> the best quit. I mean, think about him on my team. Get him on a broomstick with his okay. little wand thing. The interference that my team's gonna be running on your team is gonna be off the, out of this world. Yeah, and he was good at um. Yeah, what was it called? Quid quid Quidditch. Quidditch. I've never watched Harry Potter. Yeah, movies. dude, put him on the Nimbus two thousand, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. and then wand the wand around. Maybe he could actually throw a football for the Carolina Panthers. Maybe. Or, or imagine catching one. You just Ooh. launch it up. You get Aaron Rodgers throwing him hail marys every single time. He just catches it up there and then runs. Let's go. Number five, since you took Rocky, I'm going to go Apollo Creed. Oh. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot because number five for me is Adonis Creed. Ooh. I mean, first of all, Michael B. Jordan, I mean, he looks good. Mm -hmm. He looks good. And I mean, watching, it's like the nostalgia from the Rocky movies, but it's like a generation, another generation. That's a uh it's a good I mean and and his I mean he's quick. Mm-hmm. I think he would have beat his dad. Can I say that? I well I'm going to say the opposite. <laughs> Cuz he's on my team. Number 6, this uh throws it back to video games. I'm not going to do a movie here. I'm going to do a video game. Pablo Sanchez in backyard baseball. <laughs> I mean all, on the Game Boy, on the on the PC desktop back in the day. I mean that guy hit so many yayas that he had to get tired of hitting all those yayas. He had so many home runs, he broke every record in the book. That guy was an animal in backyard baseball. Dude, that that's a good one. I'm torn now. So my team right now, I've got Benny the Jet, an athlete, Airbud, athlete, yeah. Forrest Gump, what a runner, Harry Potter, just all around utility player, Apollo Creed, the Force. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Honorable mention, I'm not going to go it. Honorable mention is going to be Shooter McGavin okay. because everyone yeah. needs a little bit of a villain to kind of stir Absolutely. things up. I feel like I have enough wild cards, though. You do. So instead of a wild card, I'm going to go Mr. Miyagi yeah. <laughs> because I need a coach that like centers my team, that brings us all together. He has the juju. And that brings the best out of every one of us. There's something special. I mean, that team that. would be that team would be nice. That would be nice, especially with the coach. The coach was a good call. Yeah. A coach who can also, I mean, you can throw it down. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a question, Tom Brady. It's a late career calls. Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. I think I crushed you on that. If we go like the more who's more human, you you would win. I've got a wizard, <laughs> a <fair>. dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think yeah, it'd be good fun. Track. I like that. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. I enjoyed that. That was one of my favorites, I think. 
Well, anyway, if you're liking it, the pod, subscribe. If you're still listening, we're waiting on this episode. We're just and, talking. And it's Joe sure, Rogan linked. Now. Make sure to comment whose draft was best. Yeah. Would love that. Yeah. Peace. Peace.